Welcome back. We're here today with Jelani Remy. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to be read. It's good to be read. It's good to be here with the reads. Hey. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. We are turning it up today. So excited (laughs) to have you here with us. (laughs) I am so happy to be here. Uh, It's fabulous. So uh, fun fact, Jelani has been a part of our family and world for many, many years. And we're so excited to bring him into this Read Connected podcast family today. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So Jelani, before we get started, uh, would you mind taking us down a little bit of a road trip of, you know, what your life has been like to get to this point in time? And then we'll talk a little bit more after that about what you're doing these days. But tell us a little bit about your your journey. I mean, you both know this because we sort of grew up together, but um, we hail from New Jersey. I come from um, a family of three brothers and a sister from Caribbean parents, and they sort of moved to New Jersey when I was young. And we all sort of bonded with each other being, you know, the token blacks of the town, (laughs) Um, but also met beautiful people along the way. Um, For those of you who do not know, I am in the theater business. And I started uh, performing pretty much since I could remember, but I didn't know what it was essentially, right? Like I, I loved playing pretend or my brothers and I loved to reenact the three ninjas or Mortal Kombat or, you know, <laughs> just sort of like do what kids do, which is, but I, I really, really, really enjoyed it, you know, and, and, and sort of set me free in a way. And I didn't really know where to put it because, uh, I'm, as you both know, sports were very prominent in our town and in our family. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like the odd duck out. But um, I, I figured out a way to make it work for me and did the sports. And, and you gave it your best effort, though, Jay. Listen, I was, uh, I was, <laughs> I was JV proper. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gave it a good whirl and I liked it because it taught me good structure and I made mm-hmm. friends for life. Our town is so mm-hmm. rich with people that, um, have good souls and are good people and good support. And I, I had that growing up and I was lucky to have that because I know so many people that do what I do that, that didn't have that, you know, and I'm lucky to have friends from that hometown like you both that still check in or that are still there or still support. Um, but I love you for gassing me up, but I was not that good at the sports. All this to say, all this to yeah. say, don't gas me up. Um, <laughs> my talents were elsewhere. And, and it just happened to be the arts. Well, um, I would say you you leave it all out on the field and the stage every time you do something. Like you really show up for what you do when you do it, whether it's something you love or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. Yeah, I didn't love it. But I think, I, um, side note, I did play football. And I figured out a way to get out of conditioning was to do impersonations of the coaches <laughs> and make them laugh. And seriously, and make them laugh. So like when I knew it was time, I was like, ah, Gino, throw the ball to be like one of the coaches. And they're like, Remy, come over here. Do, do him, do him. And I had my own comedy set during conditioning and it worked for mess. me. It was great. But that in its own right, looking back was improv training. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That in its own right was, 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 being in the moment and acting and um, it took a choir teacher to sort of push me and, and guide me because I was in choir. Yes. But when it came to theater, she really got my feet wet in that and gave me my first push into a musical. And that's when like I felt um, purpose. And that's when I felt like 
it clicked. Yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna take it back a second because our town, as small as it was, and it, it felt like everybody kind of came from the same family. But I will have to say, even from my own experience, I, I feel like we were all kind of trying to find our footing because everybody was kind of on top of each other, and and I feel like it it took a lot to kind of figure it out because it was such a prominent sports high school and town. And, you know, that wasn't just, that wasn't for everybody. So it, it is kind of difficult to navigate through that. But I, I love what you said about it was a community despite there being some differences among us all. And I found myself as a floater, right? Like I, I sort of sat at any, any different table during lunch. You know, I wanted to get this person or those people or that those you. people. And I, I kind of really... I benefited from that because I got, you know, a variety of relationships and, and to meet a variety of different people from all walks of life, but also backgrounds and, and the, the school social statuses, you know, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, mm. but um, it, it, I think it helped shape me and gave me, you know, taught me cool lessons about compassion and working together with different people or just yeah. social skills that unfortunately the iPads have taken away. Mm. Bloop, bloop. Mm -hmm. Um, hey, Jelani, you know, I, I think we have some commonalities there in, in terms of Alexis and I. I think we kind of had variety in kind of who we interacted with, and we, we didn't really kind of just stick to one person or, or one group. That we, I think we're pretty open-minded about who we connected with and appreciated. And, and our paths have also led us in a very different direction than what maybe would be traditional from our hometown. So, you know, I'm, we're up in Boston, and you're doing your thing in theater, and um, I think there's some commonalities there between us in that way and, and where it took us in the long run. I totally agree. That's also what connected us. You know, I think that we, <laughs> game recognizes game. You know what I mean? We see each other and see the beauty in, in getting out there and, and following your dream or, or, or taking a second to get to know somebody else or taking a second to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. I think mm -hmm. that's super important. Um, and super that was definitely a priority in our family was thinking about others or knowing how to speak and communicate, especially mm -hmm. coming from a town that is predominantly white, how to properly express yourself and properly um, present yourself mm -hmm. because, you know, first impressions are everything, right? But also um, just how to stay afloat and how to not get lost or how to survive. Mm. What did that feel like, Jelani? What did that feel like? I felt like for me, since I was the last of the Mohicans, I was, I'm the youngest of the bunch. It felt like I had to play catch up and really, really sort of like find my way fast. And I found it through comedy. I found it through wit. I found it through um, music, you know, so those things th sort of helped me fit in with the groundwork laid down by my sporty spice brothers, you know what I mean? <laughs> that are great gentlemen in their own right. But um, it, they, um, it, our family was eclectic, to say the least, because so many people had such different things going on. Like one brother had a whole zoo in his room of animals, while the other one was super quiet, while the other one played the trumpet and then football. It was just, and went on to play for Rutgers. So, and my parents sort of saluted us all to be different, but um, respect each other. Mm. I, I was just going to say, I think... Um our paths are similar because it's really a tribute to our moms who raised us in that way to be open, yeah. to be patient, to be respectful, to be mindful of how we show up yeah. for ourselves and for others. And uh, I really appreciate that. I mean, no surprise, they were friends and they are friends still too. So, exactly. but got to give them, got to give them the shout out for sure, because 
I think there's a reason this all happens. And and thinking about the grand scheme of this podcast and and how these resources hopefully will play a role in other people's lives or in the lives of people who are caregivers or teachers or mentors or coaches or therapists for others is, you know, just be be mindful of the little things. I think they yeah. go a really long way. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say there, there are times because I went was more of an artist, I did feel alone. You know, mm-hmm. I did feel like there was no place for me sometime or I had to sort of suppress my passion because I didn't know what it was and it's not necessarily what was the norm. So in those moments, I was definitely by myself, you know, playing school with my stuffed animals, playing the teacher by myself in secret because I didn't want the other boys to see that I was acting or playing pretend because it wasn't cool or it wasn't accepted. Um, But I think that's what also made me more passionate about it because it was something that I had to sort of do in secret. I I sort of wanted to get good at it or I, I really felt more connected to it because I liked how it made me feel. And um, I, th- I think it took them a while to, to understand it why or, or where it could lead me. But look at me now, you know, oh, yeah. because I committed to it and had people along the way to guide me or to support me because my parents didn't necessarily know, but someone else did, a teacher or a mentor, and they sort of let them know that I'd be okay or he does have talent or, or let him try it, you know. And so, and they listened. Um, and it was actually one of my football coaches, Ed Sadlock, when I had to quit because I, I conflicted with the musical, he said, son, I'm going to let you go, but you better get good at this theater thing. You better be the best. And I don't know if he knew what his words meant to me, but the fact that he let me take that leap and quit, come to find out, he said I, I quit because I wasn't that good. Um, but still... <laughs> Those words meant a lot to me, you know, uh, teachers words that you care about, or that you respect, they do matter. He was definitely somebody who took a, an interest in each person that he interacted with. And I, that's a great story. He, and it was a great impression too, by the way. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And that's all for today. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Those of you who do not know, think about like a mustache and like bald headed man, very intimidating, but, um, I don't know. I, th- I feel like he also saw saw me. You know, he has yeah. he asked me to sing the national anthem in my football cleats and, and outfit. Mm-hmm. And son, don't do any of those oohs and ahs. You sing it straight as it is. You understand? <laughs> don't do any of that ooh ah stuff. Yeah. Love it. I love it. So you know, the other piece too that I'm hearing in your story as you share it today is, you know, a lot of you getting good at performing was you trying to figure out where you fit in as the youngest sibling, where you fit in in the school, where you might feel different, where you are kind of following a path that didn't necessarily feel like yours and trying to figure that out as you go. It's a really beautiful, courageous thing. Scary because, Mm. um, you know, when you're close to someone like, like my older brother, who's very good at sports and they didn't understand it. They didn't understand why you liked what you liked or it was so different that that caused a bit of a tension or caused a bit of a disconnect. And, it made me feel like I was doing something wrong, but I, I just stuck to how it made me feel when I got to sing a song or how, when I got to hit a note or, or, or mimic, you know, the boys to men or Whitney Houston or sing those songs like them, you know, Michael I, Jackson, uh, I could still yeah, Michael Jackson. the song and the yeah, or, or create gosh, a dance yeah, or get to put choreography on people and to see it done. And like, they're following my moves and we get mm-hmm. to tell a story through performance um, there's nothing else like it. I remember the first role I got was Grease in, in um, 
was duty in Greece, sorry. Um, and he sings those magic changes. And it was my first solo in high school. And I got to sing it for people at our school assembly. And everybody clapped. And I'll never forget the rush of joy and like pride that I got because it was just me singing, you know, just me. And I practiced so hard and I was so nervous. I was so scared. I was shaking. And to see like the castmates behind me um, just smiling and singing their oohs and ahs. And I got to zoot boom. And just the feeling I got, I would never forget. And I knew right then and there that I wanted to continue to storytell. I wanted to continue to um, do musicals and, and sing and, and make people feel something with the story that I'm telling. Which led you back to high school and then to the Pride Lands to do up and I'll let you tell that part of the story because Oh, we're talking goodness. about the resume, the resume, the resume. My Ooh. goodness, Jelani. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before you get to the resume, this is important. <laughs> that point, and as a therapist, I'm always trying to find the really significant, meaningful parts. When you were nervous and you did what you felt like was hard to do and you had to be brave to do it and so forth. Tell me what that was like afterwards. I mean, you, you kind of said like it kind of propelled you forward, but just just walk us through that experience afterwards and looking back, not just after the clapping, but you did something that you cared about and that was meaningful to you. Tell, tell us about what that was, that was like for you after. Yeah, it was my first time, you know, playing a full role. I didn't understand what it was, but, but through the process of, of putting together a show and working so hard with other people and, and working on that solo that you had that little moment to shine, um, it just felt like, it felt like I was on top of the world for a second, you know? And then to hear, have your peers cheer for you, people that don't know much about, you know, what went into it. They just get to see the product. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really, really a memory that shaped me. You know, I wanted to continue to strive for the applause as Lady Gaga has a song about, but, um, there's something about being in that theater community that really set me free as a human being with support and with, with seeing people that were better than me that I wanted to be like, or I saw how they worked with other people or that danced better or, you know, they, they were older than I was and I wanted to get good like them. Or then I, they showed me videos of like Ben Vereen and that really, really shaped me. Um, but to answer your question, Jerry, there's just that feeling of, of, of nervousness because you care and you want to be your best and nervousness because you're doing something brand new and nervousness because you're putting yourself out there on a microphone, <laughs> you know, to be heard, to, to, to share your gift that, that you've been sort of fostering and, and artists are super sensitive about their gifts. Um, but the outcome was tremendous. And I think even if I was off key, people would still be supportive because that's the environment. But um, there was nothing like it. You shared yourself. Yeah. Which sounds very meaningful at that time of your life. Yeah. It, it shaped my trajectory. It mm -hmm. gave me a spark of, of, like I said, that purpose. It gave me that motivation to want to continue to do that. It made me feel like a piece of me was born or like something was just set free. Unbelievable. And you worked hard for it. But then again, like we said, you shared all of it. You shared your full self yeah. in front of everyone. I knew I wanted to work harder at it. And that's when I was thrown into summer camp with musical theater kids. And I got that real training from Paper Mill Playhouse. And, and, and then I went on to college to pursue theater and really got the education that I, I, I wish I had earlier, but it didn't matter. I, I wouldn't let that hold me back. 
I wouldn't let that define my passion or where I stood in in this in line for 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 this. I, I wanted I wanted to touch upon that too before we go into the resume. I just I had to pick up on the whole trajectory going from place to place. But um, before we go there, what kind of sacrifices did it take? Because again, like I said before, when you choose to do something, you don't just kind of, you know, go through it at a surface level. You really put your whole heart and soul into the things you choose to be a part of and do. And what was that training like for you? I mean, for me, the train the sacrifice is more for my parents and my family because they were the mm. ones taking me to all these things, or they were the ones making the time or paying the money for me to go to these things or events. Yeah. Um, the sacrifices came later on in life when I started touring for myself, you know, because uh, we can talk about it later or now, but when you tour and you're with a show, your whole life revolves around, you know, that curtain. Or if you're on tour with a show, you're missing birthdays, you're missing graduations, mm-hmm. you're missing a lot of family life events. But when I was younger, again, my parents sacrificed a lot for me to be able to go away, go to the camps or go to the trainings and then take the lessons. Even piano lessons when I was six, I hated it. But that gave me that musical ear. That sort of helped me, you know, be able to sight, sight read or to, to sing. Um, they put me in choir in church as well. But the sacrifices... <clears throat> In high school, it wasn't that great, I don't think. I think I just loved it so much. It was all sort of brand new. Yeah. So, so props to mom and dad, for sure. Um, yeah. But like I said, later on in life, those sacrifices of, you know, you can't go out. You have to rehearse. You, you have your days 10 to 6. Like, and then the weekends, you don't have weekends. You have shows. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are going to dinner at 7 o'clock. You're getting ready for your show at 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. Yeah, for sure. I, and I love how you said, even for your first performance, people saw the the performance, the outcome. They didn't really see what was going on behind the scenes. And that's oh, yeah. such a theme of what we talk about here, because especially with young kids today, they see like, you know, the, they see the Instagram moment. They see the, you know, the YouTube, uh, TikTok yeah. moments, and they don't see all the sweat and tears that goes into getting there. Everybody wants to be Beyonce, but they don't want to put in the work. <laughs> they don't see the work. It, uh-huh. it takes so much. It doesn't just happen overnight. It really does not. I couldn't tell you how many times I was working on that song. I work on any song or any sort of audition just to. So when you audition, you have about what? Five minutes to present your best self. Five, less than or sometimes. No well, sometimes you only get 16 bars, which is what? 30 seconds uh-huh. to present your best self to make somebody want more of you. Mm-hmm. And most times it's, it's a no. Most times it is a no. And a lesson that I learned is that no doesn't mean no. It means not right now. Mm. You know, because in our business, there are so many no's and there are yeses. But those no's sort of have to mold you. And you have to know that you're putting your best self there. You, you presented your best self in that moment. So when I go to an audition, I don't, I don't sort of overanalyze the no. I want to make sure that they saw Jelani in that audition, yeah. which is harder than you think because the nerves make you want to try and present yourself to be what, what you think that they want or what mm-hmm. they think that they're, you're after. But sometimes mm-hmm. they're just after you, somebody that they want to hang out with after this, after yeah. the audition. They want somebody that they can connect with. And it's hard because you want to be perfect and you want to, to, to really wow them. But sometimes they just I, I've learned that they're just looking for you. Sounds like dating, Jelani. <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a relationship. It is a relationship. 
But it's harder because you don't have to sing on dates. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to dance on dates. If you're out of key, it's okay. It might just okay. Be a or is it? Or is it? <laughs> ah, good point. Jelani, I appreciate you saying that. I can't tell you how many times I'm having conversations with people I work with around. Um, they could be high performing. They could, it could be about relationships. It could be about anything. But being yourself, I, I think it's not something that just comes naturally to people. It takes reflection it takes people who support you who know you who can reflect who you truly are um and remind you of that it takes um being vulnerable trust trust. all these things jelani and and to share that story is uh i really appreciate you sharing that it's so meaningful you know who my my best critic is my mother you know Mm -hmm. i I run a lot of songs by her and she would no no lani that's not it Mm -mm, no mm -mm. i didn't i'm not oh her favorite phrase is i'm not feeling it and that's it. Like if she's not feeling it, that's not. I got to go back to the drawing board, you know, because she's gonna be honest. She's because she, she's seen me from from the get go. She was there. She birthed it, you know. Um. So a thing I do is I like to check in with people that are also in my circle just to run stuff by them because I'm at a point now. Um. Yes, I, I've I've had success, but I don't forget where I come from, and I don't. I, it's important to check in. It's important to keep your feet on the ground. Um. And yeah, always go back to the root. She's not feeling it, then that's it. Then you know. And when she feels, she feels hard. So when you know it, you know it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when you know someone truly loves you and cares about you. No, no, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. That's nothing much better than that. She prepared you for the nose, right? <laughs> she prepared me for the for the for the hell nose. <laughs> no, she's she's definitely has prepared me for that. You got to have a thick skin, and that's it because the, it is sensitive and it, it is hard because you you do sort of get get excited for the potential to step into a role or get excited for the opportunity to get that job. And um, the reality is, so many others are. And the reality is, is that sometimes it's not even about you. It's it it's it's about you're too tall, you're too short, or whoever this or that. It's not about your performance necessarily, or just it's just not your time, or you need more time. So I I, I love to ask for feedback, you know, and what I can do better or, or what they thought. And it's interesting, <laughs> and it varies, but you can't you can't let the nose define you. Mm. What keeps you believing? You know, as much as you're you're dealing with a thick skin and, and and gaining that, what else keeps you believing and staying confident? That I can change their minds. You know what I mean? Like there are rooms that I get to go in now that are necessarily roles for a white singer that now that they're thinking of, oh, he can do it. Oh, Jelani. Yeah. And that's what I love most is changing people's Mm -hmm. minds about these, about casting. They call it colorblind cast. It should just be casting, you know, because Mm -hmm. it should be the best person for the role. Um, Yep. I agree. And also I love meeting new, new people to do new works. Um, I had the luxury of being in a show for a long time. And so now that I'm out of it, I want to meet as many new people as I can to sort of expand my network and also to learn from. Like I said before, when I was in high school, learning from the greats before me, I want to learn from the greats in this business right now. So I want to work with them. I want to absorb them. And then I want to go forth and and, and do the next thing in my career, which would be direction and choreography, You know, which would be being on the other side of the table and, and, and putting together my own show. And putting together my own colorful group of Pokemon to put on a show that, that'll also change lives and change people. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I want to press pause because I, 
Jerry and I know your story. Some people who are listening might know who you are already, but I, you know, as awkward as it might be for a moment to go through the resume, can we take a moment to go through the resume just so our listeners really get a sense of who you are and, and how accomplished you really have become over these years? It's such an amazing thing to watch. Well, I good day. You're listening to the re- <laughs> you're listening to the Reed Connection. Reconnected. Um, I'm Jelani Remy. Um, I am a Scorpio, and I <laughs> studied at Montclair State University and got my break doing Disney's High School Musical. Um, that was my first job, and from then on, I went to do High School Musical two in Atlanta, which is super fun. I was supposed to go on tour, but by that time, the craze was sort of done, and um, the show did not get picked up. I wouldn't call it a flop, but it ended early. (laughs) Um, (laughs) From there, I started uh, my journey with The Lion King, where I was cast in the Las Vegas production as, you guessed it, the butt of the rhinoceros. (laughs) I was the rhino's butt for quite some time. I then sort of worked my way up as a swing and then took over as Simba in the Las Vegas production. And I got to play Simba there for a while. Also Simba on the national tour, as well as Simba on Broadway, which got me my Broadway debut. Mm. Um, after that, I decided to step for, out for of the For how many jungle. years were you Simba in the Pride Lands? Uh, almost seven or eight, nine, ten. Oh, yeah. Eight years, a long time. On Broadway yeah. for about three or four years. And then, it's a big deal. It's yeah, it was a blessing for sure. Yeah. And it was great. Sure. A great, a, it's a show that I, I always come back to. You know, I was just back in the show recently about six, a f- six months ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the Lion King journey, Coming to a pause, I'll say, I jumped to a show called Smokey Joe's Cafe, which is one of my favorites growing up. And I got to be in the revival playing Jelani because they cast us based on what we do. And I think it was the perfect sort of segue out of the jungle into the concrete jungle of New York, Mm. um, playing myself after playing this iconic character for so long and growing this identity with him. It was was a blessing in disguise to then step into a role that's just my name, Mm. my actual name. And they mm-hmm. catered to, they, they gave us songs to sing that, that we do well based in our wheelhouse of things. So I had to like stop walking like a cat and learn to walk like a, like a human being, which was kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, it taught me, it, every show that I've done has sort of given me what I needed in that moment. Yeah. If, if you can go with that, like Lion King, I dealt with a lot that Simba went through, you know, and that sort of helped me with my character development and doing the show for so long even it's because life life was lifing. <laughs> mm. And I got to sort of go through these experiences and and bottle them up and sprinkle them into the performance as needed for the recipe, if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. like when you fall in love for the first time or you go through heartbreak or you go through trauma or you go through loss, um, those are heavy things that, that I had to sort of navigate. It, some of it even sometimes happened during a show, you know, mm. um, and you sort of have to pick up the pieces and go on and then, Sometimes you go too far and your emotions are raw and it's, it's captivating and depleting and um, exhausting. Yeah. Or sometimes you sort of don't want to and it comes out in other ways. Um, but I found that the theater has been my, my safe space to sort of go through things and to work through things. And with the, mu- with the love that I have for it and the music and the acting and the people that I love that are doing it with me, it, it's, it's helped me. It's helped me. I was just going to ask because I'm glad you brought that up that when you are, you know, lifing, living your life, but you still have to show up to perform, you know, I, I always see 
and appreciate musicians and artists who are in their heaviest moments because sometimes they emote and share that part of them, which just transcends the whole experience outside mm-hmm. of even just your lines, your roles, your song, right? And as beautiful as that is, it must be so difficult too. Yeah, it goes back to saying like the audience doesn't know what goes into the process, you mm-hmm. know? And sometimes you're performing and it's a riveting performance, but like my relative just passed away, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And you don't mm-hmm. know that. Or like, I just had a breakup <laughs> mm-hmm. and I got to sing these love songs. Oh boy, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. it's pretty heavy stuff that, that we sort of have to navigate through. Um, going on with the journey, I did jump to Ain't Too Proud when I had a big breakup, and the Temptations catalog is all love songs. Oh yeah! So to have to sing these songs like since I lost my baby, <laughs> it's, it's just like this. It's my baby. It's it gets heavy, and and some days, yes, we do have to soldier on. But I've learned that some days, um, you shouldn't, and some days are okay to say I can't. Yes. And it took me a long time to figure that out because we're workhorses and because like the show must go on. But um, sometimes it's, it's, it's more important to take care for the longevity of yourself to just take a second to pause, figure out the situation and then sort of go back and deal with it, go back in. So when you're performing on Broadway, I'm comparing that to like, let's say an athlete, an athlete has, let's say like a full season, they can have preseason, they can have, you know, the middle of the season, some games seem more important than others. It seems to me like championships. I know sports lingo. Don't forget. I know sports lingo. (laughs) I don't need to, I don't need to uh, bring that in. But my point here is that in with athletics, there is like the pinnacle. There's like the hardest, most stressful, most pressure filled game or performance. It seems like for you, you're kind of always doing that. Like, do you ever show up and you're like, well, this is, you know, just another performance. But it seems like every performance is a big performance because. Yeah, that's not fair, because like I said, we we are we are armored to make people feel things. We are equipped to tell a story. And someone told me that, like, one way to look at it is that there's somebody seeing what you do in this show for the first time. And there's also somebody seeing what you do for the last time. Mm. So what do you want to leave them with? There's also, there's also philosophy that you have to bring the best you have that day, you know, because we do eight shows a week. You do the math on that for the year. So it's, Mm. it's not about being the same every day. And also for me as an artist, I never want to do the same thing every day because I'm actively listening or actively actively being. So I'm, I'm in a different space depending on what's happened, you know? So as long as I stay valid as to the script, of course, the music, but in the parameter of, of what the show is, I think it's important to be on your toes and to be in the moment. I think that's what helps keep you going and keeps it fresh and keeps it authentically you. Beautiful. So... I just keep going back to this timeline, right? You were in high school starting to be in the theater, performing in Greece. Thank you so you know, much. Starting with starting with your first performance, which is it's just amazing. My my memory of your first performance that I've ever seen is even before that, just kind of like messing around, right? Just like mm-hmm. doing you, being you, letting it all come out. Um, and you know, I feel like a lot of people, like you said, in the audition room 
a lot of people just being around you fell in love with you for sharing your heart, sharing your passion, sharing your truth through those little moments that maybe you didn't even realize. I think those are those little sparks that sometimes come up that lead you to finding your community, finding your people that are going to carry you through it all. Um, I was lucky enough, you know, I thank my neighborhood friends because I really put them through it when it comes to like <laughs> making them learn dances or like we're dancing to Ace of Bass for our parents or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like we're, we're on the, we're on the front lawn doing flips, you know, we're, we're putting on a show and I, I thank my neighborhood friends for sort of being there and we're still friends and they really helped me sort of blossom <laughs> into that. You know, so I, I thank them. But then also, like, I got to do choreography with the cheerleaders or, like, the dance yeah. team. And they gave me this opportunity to sort of be the creative eye and to sort of, they trusted me to sort of make them look good. And I loved that. And I loved, I loved that responsibility. And I loved that sort of outlet that I got to have. And, and the trust that people have in you, too. Right. And I think I think it goes both ways and it's a really beautiful thing. But I, I'm also getting to the point that, you know, going from these performances where, people just fell in love with your your spirit, your whole being from when you were much younger to being able to share that on a stage around the country, around the world in all of these really brilliant parts that you were able to play. I mean, the iconic role of Simba in The Lion King, that transcends age and space and time and culture. And, and it's such a beautiful story, I believe, at least, that that really inspires so many. And by the way, if you see any of those ads around any big cities or on TV, that's often Jelani in those advertisements too for Lion King even to this day. Roar. And then being able to step into, yeah. <laughs> and then being able, it, and through that, you got these amazing opportunities to meet some of the people who inspired you, the people who continue to inspire you. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about that because, you know, talk about being humbled and nervous and excited all at the same time, right? To be able to be performing at the White House for the president or being able to be in the Thanksgiving Day Parade as a part of the Temptations performance, like all of these incredible opportunities that you were able to go from sharing your spirit and your passion in little, you know, podunk town, New Jersey, to being able to be on this grand scale and stage, to be able to share not only your gifts, but your love with the world. I, I, I am just inspired by that on so many levels and how you've been able to do that in so many different ways. And I'm wondering what that experience feels like for you and, and how you feel even having gone through that experience. Yeah, in moments like that, those 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 pinch me moments, those I can't believe I'm here moments or like I don't deserve to be here moments. I call them like putting on your big boy pants. <laughs> you got to sort of put on your big boy pants and and make it look good and and realize that you do deserve to be there and mm -hmm. show them how, show them why. You know, and I am I'm so thankful for these opportunities that really when you get to meet Ben Vereen who I idolized and he got to see me perform and has come to every show I've done since yeah. I now have his phone number and I get to check in on him. Like that's, that's, I have a picture of him right here. You know, um, it's, it's really a surreal, but real moment. And you have to sort of realize the task at hand, 
realize that you are able to do it and then realize that it's a gift and you have to and you get to enjoy it and i think that's 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 the secret behind it but it's 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 nerve-wracking as heck like there of course <laughs> there are a lot of things cuz you know you only get one shot you know at this and you got to make it make it great and and the nerves are there more so because there's the, the added pressure like even recently i was in abu dhabi and you have to perform for the king of saudi arabia mm-hmm. oh okay no pressure but there's no one else in the audience but him and his family oh wow oh okay you know so like so how do you process but then it's like oh my gosh look at this like look where i'm at like look what we get yeah. to do look 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 what the preparation has has come to it's preparation a, meeting yeah. opportunity beautiful i love that i was just going to touch upon that and I'll, i know jerry has something else he wants to chime in with too but it it's like checking your imposter syndrome out the door and and like checking the facts and being like no i've worked really hard to get here i'm ready for this but those voices be talking those voices mm-hmm. are a thing or that doubt mm-hmm. is a thing it really is and for sure but you like i said you make you you have to triumph from your trauma right you have to shut them down and and really rise above it and then some jelani mm-hmm. how much do you feel like you have to um train yourself to not be self-conscious when you're performing you can do all the training you want you're going to be self-conscious <laughs> You're going to be because it you're putting yourself out there and 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 the the trick of it is to not get lost in the moment of it. You have to let that let it go as it goes if that makes sense. You have to sort of yes, you're going to psychoanalyze it, but there's another scene after that. There's another song, there's another note to sing. So you thinking about what happened before is going to do you a disservice as to the story you have to tell coming up. Yeah. You have to yeah. sort of just be in the moment. And get and realize that tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another chance you get. So, so uh, I guess you can say in in therapy and sports psychology world, we would call that uh, kind of a, just expecting that it's going to happen, but not attaching to it. Kind of just letting it happen, letting it pass, and not catastrophizing it. Not letting one moment where you get distracted or self conscious. That's not mm-hmm. a catastrophe. People well, may not even tired. notice it yeah. when you're tired and not necessarily as present as you should be. You have you have to sort of train yourself to tap back in and remember what you're doing and, and and get back in it. Speaking of it, do you ever go back and think about your performances and and how you might want to tweak or change or shift things for the next one, especially 100%. if you're doing this the same show over and over again? Yeah, especially there's there's so I had a trick. I'll tell you this because I love you both. Mm. I used to have a <laughs> trick where I would study the young Simbas. And trade and change my performance to to sort of suit who they were and what they did, and they traded off every six months. Essentially, there was new kids, so it was a new sort of of studying and experimentation of of keeping it fresh and sort of authentic to the new kids. But you have to sort of work with other people, even with understudies. If, they, if you know how this girl's going to jump, or you know how this guy acts or how he, he or what he sings. So how are you going to change it to blend or, or to, to, to work with them? And that's what's exciting about live theater is that it's in that moment. Yeah. It's so dynamic. You gotta be in the moment. So, and th- then you gotta yeah. let that moment go. Then you gotta let it go. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this about you, but when you were traveling, especially with the, the Lion King performance, you 
took it upon yourself to connect with schools and with students who loved theater in the cities that you were in. And I was graced with your presence to come and join some of the students when I was teaching back in Boston when you came through, but not only for me and my students, but for so many students around the country and I imagine around the world too, Jelani. I I wonder if you could share a little bit about that passion that you have for connecting with just young people, whether or not that they want to become performers or go into the theater, but I mean, you have so much to teach, so much to give, so much to inspire what you do. And and you take the time out of your day, out of your world to do that. And it's probably one of the most special and beautiful things I've ever heard of. So I wonder if you could You're share a little bit about that. So kind. I think mm-hmm. I had, I was blessed with such great educators in my life. Um, from first grade to kindergarten on or pre-K, you know, I remember them all. And I think that teachers to see somebody's sort of growth or to see somebody's change or to 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 help them in any sort of capacity to find their strength or power there's nothing more gratifying than that and especially now that I've I've had the fortune of of working as an actor or being part of a wonderful show if I'm able to to then use that to sort of see the faces of the next generation of young artists or people or expose them to what I get to do is it's such a gratifying feeling that is similar to that initial like applause that I fell in love with because then I get to spark applause in somebody else and I think that that is it's 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 a feeling that I will never get sick of you know, even just yesterday, I got to teach kids from Italy that came to New York City from Florence to learn theater. And even though like they didn't speak a lick of English, I had an interpreter, <laughs> but we got it. We understood. They understood what I was saying. They felt what I was saying, you know, and, yeah. and it, it, it's there's nothing like it. Leaving like a footprint behind for like the next generation or giving them my two cents or just sort of nuggets, nuggets that I've learned that I've acquired um, I think that's that's what makes you rich is spreading yeah. your wealth and and seeing what happens and for to see them grow and to see them change or to push them because other time also the, to really give them a swift kick to really be them best selves because because you know that they can I'm not feeling it Jelani no not <laughs> feeling it okay right right a, a strong like maybe that's maybe that's what it is I'm giving them what I got uh yeah. I think it's, that's it, how this works. Yeah. 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 I um I'm teaching a child growth and development course now for undergraduate students and I'm I'm I really drilled home this idea of children need other ways to express themselves because oftentimes the English language is very restricting and oftentimes they're cultural upbringing might not allow for them to share how they're really feeling and what path they really want to take. And I love how performance and music and the arts really gives this other opportunity to express and share with the world or even the small community or even just in your own private space, how you're feeling. It's such an amazing thing. I agree. And and the arts especially is such a welcoming sort of group and community and it's not just about being on stage. We need people to help with costumes, to create um, lighting, to help with stage management. There's so many positions that are so important as well. 
that people of all shapes, colors, creeds, backgrounds, religions were all sort of under this umbrella of 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 togetherness that I think mm. that only the theater community or a theatrical exposure could could sort of bring out and bring together. Yeah. So Lexus and I, we were just watching a, a bit of a documentary on Doc Rivers, who coached the Celtics, one of my favorite teams in 2008. And he brought together a group of, uh, of uh, basketball players who were just new to each other. And so someone had mentioned the word Ubuntu to him, which is an African term. And he looked into it because he didn't know anything about it. Someone just mentioned it to him. And Dr. Rivers said that became the mantra of the entire team. And the, the phrase essentially means, I am better when you are better. I am me because of we, essentially. And um, I think, you know, your spear really embraces that, Jelani. You know, you tr when you truly care about the collective and the people around you. Oh, likewise. And you got to also listen to the signs. I mean, so Jelani means mighty, right? Mm -hmm. And I have a brother named Nkosi, which means king. <laughs> the song in the Lion King is, I'm gonna be a mighty king. I mean, you got to listen to the destiny. I mean, going uh, further, I also found a dog in Las Vegas. And I renamed this dog that jumped into my friend's car and she had 13 dogs. So he was going to become a number. So I took him home and I renamed him Otis. Mm. And uh, the last living temptation, his name is Otis Williams. Oh, Jelani. Wow. Isn't that wild? Wow. It, it is and it isn't. It all makes sense to right. me. So, so listen, right? listen to the universe. Listen to the signs. There's, there's things all mm. around you that speak to you. Yeah. Speaking of which, I this is like a beautiful place to end. And at the same time, I I really think it's an important point to share about you know, you had this beautiful community and then the whole world stopped. Mm. And I I think it's just knowing what I know about you through our conversations, especially through these past few years with COVID. Um can you share a little bit about that part of your journey and and how you you became a community, Jelani, in and of yourself for so many people, because I believe that that was that was your purpose in those moments was to show up and to connect as much as you could. And I wonder if you can share a little bit about your experience through all that. Absolutely, it was terrifying. It was wild. Yeah, and I, I actually I'm grateful to you because you actually were someone that I looked forward to hearing from and someone that I look forward to che checking in with. But that time when when your safe space was taken away. Our safe space, which was the theater, wasn't safe to go to anymore. Mm -hmm. It was scary. And like, what do you do when seven o'clock rolls around and you're ready to go to your show and you have nowhere yeah. to go? And yeah. like I said, your purpose was important and I didn't know what, what my purpose was. So I, like everybody else, was on the couch eating and, and, doing, and sort of wallowing in news and wallowing in, in, in the hardships. And I think... I owe it to my family who then were like, come with us. We, you, you, we want you to be with us. <laughs> and, mm. and they sort of took me home and I got to sort of breathe and not have to worry because we were all together. Mm. And um, it, was, it was tricky then to sort of step back in. But what got me more motivated was people reaching out to teach online mm. and do classes and, and, even, and then start singing online for the clap emoji. Um, it wasn't the same, but it was something. And that got me thinking yeah. like, Hey, how can I go further with this to make myself even more excited? And that got me involved with Broadway cares hired me. Well, they asked me to sort of put together some online content and put, and I got to sort of make a cabaret sort of thing and, and fundraise and, 
and cast new people and and sort of I'm getting so excited about it because it sort of was another evolution of of me of of what I want to do and and I got to sort of evolve with yeah. with what was given and that got me really excited about you know purpose it gave me another purpose and um it took some time for us to sort of get we got to evolve and figure that out and make it make it great and then we sort of we eased our feet back into society and and theatrics again and to do it safely but also in a healing way and i'm so happy that i got to get back in it but they also hired the right people to bring us back to it you know mm -hmm. they hired a lot of professionals that that really helped us heal to get back in shape mm -hmm. mentally and physically mm. That's so wonderful to hear. I didn't know that part at the end. Oh my and gosh, I, it was amazing. It was it was a healer, and she she we did guided meditations, and we sort of had like all these different oils, and we got to all sit and just talk about things full out before we rehearsed, and like checking in our feelings and breathe together, you know. And the, then they sent us home with like things we can play to fall asleep to, you mm -hmm. know. And she has a French accent, so what's more calming than that? <laughs> But I might was, send this to the Board of Education or like, you know, the DOE and be like, we need to do this for our teachers, I please. I can give you her information. <laughs> I can give you her information. It really... Let's hook that up. It was a joy to come in earlier and do like little gentle yoga poses mm -hmm. and just like be even... But everybody, not just the actors, stage management, producers, we all were there yeah. exhaling together. And like, it's interesting to see what came out, you know, and to meet everybody where they were at. It, it's amazing. I feel like you you work so hard and you go through so many ups and downs trying to find your identity, find your purpose, to live your truth as you did and as you shared here today. And I know that there's so much more that went into all of it. But, you know, to get to that point and then all of a sudden your identity kind of gets stripped away a little bit when you when you're not in that community every night like you guys are, that you're not, you know, on stage and performing in this these roles that are not just jobs, like it is a calling, it is a purpose for you to do what you do. And, you know, it was a really tough time. And you and I have had some personal conversations about this, that for a lot of people, and even us, sometimes it was really easy to be like, I just can't do anything more. Just I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. 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 But, but then, you know, I, I really, I, I wanted to bring this up again, because I think it also opened up so many different pathways, different parts of your heart kind of opened up to what else might be possible that allowed for you to do some directing and coordination and collaborations yeah. and teaching rising, that I know you rising love Rising to so the much. evolution. Yeah, yeah I, I, mm. it was a choice. It was a choice to sort of rise to the occasion and the evolution for, for not just myself, but for the future. I'm not going to say the future that's so bold, but like you, I felt I, I obligated. I would hold obligated. back on that actually. I felt obligated for the people that, that I've been working with or like my students or like, you know, I felt, I felt inspired to continue. You know, yeah. we had to, because we are the, to make people feel, uh, like I said, it goes back to that, that original feeling of making people feel something. How could I do that where I'm at right now? Like, okay. I got to get the technology to do so. Let me get, let me get the equipment. Let me do this. Let's, let's armor up. Yeah. It's a good metaphor yeah. for life. I like for that. sure. So I, any other thoughts? And you know what, I, while we have the opportunity, because, you know, there are a lot of amazing professionals who listen to this podcast, but there are, all, are also a, a lot of young people yeah. who will listen and 
learn through experience. And I joke all the time with my with the students I work with and my clients. I'm like, this is an old person comment, but I have to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get to a certain point in your life, you're going to realize blah, blah, blah. But I, I wonder if there's any um, any advice or any wisdom you'd like to share. So you had asked me if there was any sort of thing I can leave your listeners with or something to sort of take with them. And um, the first thing that comes to my mind is that you are enough. Mm. I think in my field, we sort of emulate to be, to be our idols or people that we look up to, but not realizing that sometimes people are looking just for us. And so to realize that you are enough and there's no other you, so be the best you that you can be. And it, it comes in waves. You know, it comes with growth. It comes with failure. It comes with success. It comes with happiness. It comes with sadness. It comes with all the emotions. But you sort of take them with you and let them sort of mold you. But know that you are enough. Mm. That's beautiful. Go ahead, Jerry. I was going to say, so you can't really learn about yourself without the pain, right? Sometimes... I mean, sometimes it kind of forces you to face things that we go through life not realizing or thinking about or reflecting on. And uh, sometimes we we are forced to. Life does that to us sometimes. It sure does. But I've learned that you're also, you're never alone. Mm. There's there's a lot of outlets that sometimes you don't even realize that you have. But if you just ask maybe one person, they can help out or they can, they can recommend or yeah. One last question, Delati, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with Alexis. What is one thing that you feel like there's probably more than one thing, but what's one thing that keeps you um, keeps you shining? Because I mean, not everybody can, not everybody is able to do what you're doing, but um, not everybody is also able to not just f- fall down and stay down for so long. And I know you said you shared a lot about this, but. Like, what is one thing that you think on a daily basis is like underneath, inside of you? And maybe it's not conscious. Maybe it's just there because it's part of you at this point. But what's something that just keeps you keeps you going and not falling into despair, you know, when it's easy to? My mother. <laughs> My mother. She calls me every day and I hear her voice, her Caribbean accent, whenever I'm, <laughs> you know, whenever I'm what I'm supposed to. Um, I think she wants the best for me and I know that she does. And I think that that is um, a gift that she doesn't realize that she's given me is the gift of her gab (laughs) and it is, or the gift of her, her presence and what she wants for, for all of her kids, as she would say, all my children. But um, I think it it was, it's her. She's definitely one of the main things that um, keeps me going to evolve, to make her proud. What's it feel like to know someone truly wants what's best for you? It's a big responsibility, um, but it's 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 um, it's something that I have a lot of time to fulfill, and it doesn't. It, it comes, it comes with a path that's not necessarily straight. <laughs> you know, it sometimes goes downhill. It sometimes curves around. It sometimes is bumpy. It sometimes is super smooth. Um, but it's a path nonetheless, and it's it's mine. It's uniquely mine. Unconditional love is a pretty interesting thing to have in life. I think we both have experienced that in our own lives with uh, with our mothers, and it's a very special thing. It's uh, it's hard to even describe sometimes. Someone who truly wants what's best for you, no matter what, you know, they just truly just want you to be your best. Things to work out for you. Yeah, that's or sometimes, a, or sometimes they're just not feeling it. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
How great is that to shape and encourage and support you so that when the road gets bumpy, you're ready, you're ready for it. Right? Can I no can I just deal. say before you and I have to give a shout out to your brother Kosi Remy, who was a dear friend of mine since I was young, and our relationship is very special. And um, you know, he he in some ways is a segue to you, uh, for me at least. And uh, I have to give thanks to him. Absolutely, he's one of my favorite people on this earth, and one of my biggest cheerleaders. That's awesome. Amen. And ironically, your other brother, Jerry, and I were in high school together. We, we have so many bonds that connect so many. And, you know, Kosi was like a, a another nephew of my Uncle Joe who passed, who you so beautifully showed up to sing at his funeral. And there's just so many tributes and so much love. And I think this is the power of just showing up with your whole heart into things that you do, into relationships that you have, into connections. You just never know where they're going to lead you. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for my brother Jerry here today and for this podcast to allow for us to have the platform to share this with others. And we hope you take from it the love and the passion that we share through having these conversations and hope you bring that light and love into your world too. So thank you, Jelani. Thank you. Let's stay connected. Thanks for tuning in to the Read Connected podcast. Please remember that this is a podcast intended to educate and share ideas, but it is not a substitute for professional care that may be beneficial to you at different points of your life. If you are in need of support, please contact your primary care physician, educational institution, local hospital, or support staff at your place of employment to seek out referrals for what may be most helpful to you. Ideas shared here have been shaped by many years of training, incredible mentors, research, evidence-based practices, and our work with individuals over the years, but it is not intended to represent the opinions of those we work with or who we are affiliated with. The Reed Connected podcast is hosted by Alexis Reed and Dr. Gerald Reed. Original acoustic music has been written and recorded by Gerald Reed. If you want to follow along on this journey with us, the Reconnected podcast will be releasing a new episode every two weeks each season. So please subscribe for updates and notifications. Feel free to also follow us on Instagram at Reconnected Podcast. That's Reconnected Podcast and Twitter at Reconnected. We are grateful for you joining us and look forward to future episodes. And in the meanwhile, be curious, be open, and be well. Mm -hmm.